There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, James, the baby is asleep. We hope. Let's go. We've got four hours. We've got four minutes. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Hello, this is Suggest Will Pod. I'm Claire. James is over there. We are married and we recommend you things. We certainly do. And this week we recommend politics. <laughs> we recommend <laughs> Not watching the political debate. Look, we have a full disclosure to make. We very quickly want to debrief because we watched the US presidential debate sure today. However, we totally understand that A is not our country, B are not our area of expertise, and C, some people just don't want to hear about the terribleness of the world. So I hate politics in my media, Claire. <laughs> I'm one of those people. You don't like it in your diet or in your life. I don't like it in my diet. Or up your no, bum. I do actually. I like talking about politics. Um, I just, you know, some people get, you know, yeah, understandable understandably. too. So, Collins is going to put a time code below. Yeah. We're going to cap ourselves at five minutes because mm-hmm. we just feel like we need to have a little debrief, and then we promise the rest of the show will be sunny as sunshine. Yes. What, where, where do you where, where do you want to start? Because for me, I've just written here: depressing, baffling. Uh, it's it's just I don't understand how yeah. we got here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's interesting you say baffling because. It isn't. It is baffling, and then and then it's actually not because it, it yeah, kind of it, it the way went, that Trump it went how I thought it would go. Correct. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Because what we're talking about is the Trump Biden debate yes. that was moderated by Chris Wallace, mm-hmm. and we watched it here at eleven sort o'clock of. in the morning. It was sort of moderated. sort of moderated. Look, my main feeling is I went on a massive rant to you for like forty minutes after. Mm. I shouldn't have watched it because I feel now I need to smudge our house up with a smudge stick like mm. the hippie that I am at heart. I felt worse after watching it. I didn't yeah. think there were any winners. It was just like a horrible muckraking yeah. nightmare. It was watching a massive bully talk like a bully from the schoolyard who was about eight years old and the sad to a, thing. To a man who probably shouldn't have been there also. Yeah. Like it was just not a good combination. And, and of, a man who has been through an incredible amount mm. of trauma in his life. It just it was just awfully sad. Um yeah. however, I do think A, it's really important to vote. B, not to vote for Trump. I just I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> no, I, I don't I'm disagree. just gonna say it. I don't because disagree with I'm someone sure we'll like list, that, some listeners. I know, and I understand mm. that too. And it's not my country. I think what I mean is there is not a bone of integrity in that man's body. He just lied through that entire thing and it broke my heart. I watched it and I just I started to cry when he started just muckraking and just accusing this, you know, Joe Biden of all kinds of things and then raking and bringing his sons into it. It just Yeah, it and broke I look I know, I know like one of his sons in particular has had some very like a very troubled past. Yeah. But I I don't know, it just it felt to me like I don't, I look. I, no, I don't. I don't. Li- I don't particularly like Biden. Like I don't. I don't really like him at all. But this is like this is it. Like you kind of have to choose between yeah. these two. And look, what I'm looking. For, what I look for in a leader is is unity. People who are going to take a stance on climate change, and just I don't know. Not like endorsing white supremacists. 
you know, in a, on a yeah. national debate stage. And I know Biden could have definitely come out on, on some issues, stronger on some issues of like Antifa and um, I know he, he did, you know, talk about violence and how he doesn't encourage it or anything like that. But just that you can't say no thanks white supremacy, like don't. Like what I just, that's like it's such a low bar. You know yeah, what I mean? I it's, know. it's just it's, because he basically what you're talking about is that Trump refused to say that he didn't support white supremacy, basically. And it's what's strange is like just before I said to you, oh, he's just going to say it because you, you know you just say it, you just be like because he lies and says all <laughs> kinds of ridiculous things, like oh maybe we should set a nuclear bomb onto what a volcano on a hurricane or something. Yeah, it's all sorts he just of says all kinds of things. So you think he has shit. zero yeah. integrity or ethics? So he could just say whatever, and it doesn't even matter because he'll turn around and say yeah. something different. But he wouldn't say it, and that yeah, was look, just so. And I don't sad. know. And, I'm, and look, who knows? Like in the long run, what what is going to happen? You know what I mean? We don't. Do we know for a fact that you know getting somebody else in the White House would be a better outcome? Obviously not. There is no way to know that. But these, like, this is a world stage. Like these things matters. I don't know. We're not from the US, but there is. This is an it affects other countries. It affects the culture like around the globe, and it's just been. I don't, I don't know. It's just been four years of just like a disaster. You know what I mean? And, and I, I, I'm sure he – I know he has his, his good points, I guess, because a lot of people talk about how he's anti-war, but the way – like the violence that's been incited in the country, you know what I mean? You're supposed – like I said, you're supposed to bring people together. You're supposed to disavow actions like this. It's just I don't, I don't understand it. Like mm-hmm. it's such a great nation. It can be a great nation, you know what I mean? You see it. Like we've, we've been there, the wonderful people there. I just I – just, I, I don't – I don't know, man. Just – Vote if you can in, in person if possible. Yeah. Glennon Doyle said something that really stuck with me and she said, if your house is burning, you don't wait for the your favourite fire chief to come along. Yeah. You just get out of the burning house, yeah. you know, and you, and you go somewhere safe. This, and yeah. I think at the moment in the way the, polit- the political landscape in the US, but it, it's broader than that because US, the US for us anyway in Australia – kind of sets the benchmark for where things are going to go globally. Absolutely. Um, and the, you know, pillars of democracy that need to be upheld. Mm. And the things that he's doing are so dangerous. It's like he's inciting civil war, but more than that, what worries it, me too is that he's not, he's, he had refused to acknowledge, which I think is a really, really scary point, he refused to acknowledge the peaceful handing over of power, yes. which is one of the pillars of democracy which keeps countries stable and safe yeah. um, and to not do that. And I don't think that he even knows how terrifying and how uh, disruptive, I mean, maybe he does. No, I don't think he does. I don't think he fully grasps just how serious doing that is for the future of a country and the future of democracy. I just don't. I think he's, I think for a lot of it for him, it's, it's self-serving. That's it's what I mean. It's what, ego. What can I, what yeah. can I get out of this situation? Like, Inciting violence, right, riling people up, you know, things like this. They're not, they're, they're not for a greater cause. Like if you even believe the things that he's saying, they're not for, it's, it's all for him. Everything he does is, is for him. He's, yeah. He was, there is something fundamentally broken at his core. Yeah. And I don't know whether that is just the way he is or the way that he was raised, but he's not, he's not right. <laughs> he's, he's not. Yeah. I, and, and I think that's what broke my heart because watching someone talk in that kind of way who was supposed to be a leader and yeah. and just use any tool in his toolbox to denigrate the person, the other person in the debate, not following the rules that were set out clearly and that were agreed to, and then 
just spewing out lies so that he sounds better and just shouting and the aggression that came forward made me so sad and frustrated and angry. And I think the thing that really struck me the most was that in all of this, neither Joe Biden or Trump as people really matters. What matters no. is what is happening to people and to our planet across yeah. this the world and particularly obviously in the US. People are dying. There are just there are so many problems. The inequity between the rich and poor is so huge. There's a virus. There's a like even things like there'll be a in a few weeks there'll be the, the vaccine will be ready. It's like that's that's it's not so, true. Like no. what what And even if it was true that they somehow managed to magically get a virus in two you weeks, can't it's not going to be safe. Produce it. It's not going to. No, it's, we, it all is, our medical experts in Australia who are th- at the top of their game have all said not until most likely the end of next year, if that, will they be comfortable issuing a, a vaccine to anyone in Australia? Yeah. And we have some of some of the best healthcare practices globally. We have an excellent healthcare system mm. and really, really fantastic scientists and, to, and the technology here. So I just, that kind of stuff is so dangerous yeah. and damaging. And anyway. Also, I think also just quickly, <gasps> you got to look at the team around people, you know what I mean? And obviously neither team is perfect, but so many of Trump's associates or people he knows have been like the th- things that they've been involved in, like the people who have been arrested, the people who were jailed, do you know what I mean? The people who have been investigated for this and that. And I think there are some other people on Biden's side who, Biden's side who do have some ideas to how to deal with climate crisis, how to like eat, like help race relations, things like that. These are things that I'm looking at. Not, to, I'm not looking at the person. I'm looking at. I'm trying to look at the situation. Anyway, we can't team. vote, and obviously you can vote whoever, you, whoever you want. And I just encourage you, whatever you want to do, you should. You should vote because it is, it's a privilege. Like definitely for me when I was younger, it was kind of like, oh, because in Australia it's compulsory. You have to vote. Mm. It was like, oh, I don't, I don't, who cares? They're all the same. It matters. Like it really matters. And your voice is important. Mm. You, are, you are essentially in charge of these people. I mean, they're the leaders, but you get to dictate what they do, really. That's what it ultimately comes down to, mm. you know? Yeah, Absolutely. And it, it's just so vital. It's vital not just for your country if you're in the US but for all of us, I think, because we need to have a team and I think Joe Biden will be supported by a team of people mm. that are, A, compassionate and regardless of where you sit on the political fence, A, compassionate, B, well-researched and, and yeah. backed up by evidence and supported by scientists. And people who really do spend their lives trying to understand and implement public yep. policy, and as much, and you can fall on either side. I, I don't think this is a debate about Democratic or Republican. No, I, I think don't. this is a debate about human decency and effective leadership that unifies people. Mm. And I and I to me, there's there is absolutely no grey area in this. I actually don't think. Because no. in the end, and like you said, it's not. There is not a perfect solution. No, like it. I look at both of these candidates, and and it's just like. And I just great. think they're old this, white men. So, they're so old. It's like it's baffling yeah. to me. Yeah. Like I would have loved, loved someone like Andrew Yang. Or oh, Elizabeth I know you're, Warren. I, I love I know Elizabeth Warren. Oh, I just think I, loved her so I, much. I don't know, but this is this is it. Unfortunately, exactly this is where right. we are. And the house is yeah. burning and you don't wait for the perfect fire chief. You just get out of the house. Yeah. Anyway, well, I'm sure we'll lose. Get I know there's people who, some people. I mean, you know what? To be fair, most people, you know, 
Like, yeah. yeah, you know, your opinion's your opinion. And look, also, I understand the appeal of Trump because this idea that you're rattling the system and, you know, you're just shaking things oh, up Oh, look, he's charismatic. And I have to say, yeah, the way he debated, yeah. it was lowest common denominator. But what made me saddest was that it was entertaining. Yeah. It was like a reality TV show. He came out with a lot of quips that were almost quite funny. Even Joe Biden and the moderator were laughing. Mm. And even though the gravity of this situation of 200,000 people yeah. dying is just so, you know. But I just mean terrifying. like there is people, uh, not not all people, but people sense that something is not right. With the country, you know what I mean? There is an undercurrent of things are not good here, you know what I mean? Whether it be minimum wage, whether it be race relations, whether it be climate change, whether it be people who think the earth is flat or whatever. People think the, that con- the economy yeah, is People just- think that there is something wrong and they're looking for someone to come in and kind of, you know, and fix that. But it's, it's, not, it's not him. It's not. Like it's yeah, in not- my opinion. Yeah, well, he's not out for everybody. He's out for that's, himself. Yeah, anyway, that, that's our anyway. that's our very precise five minutes, wasn't that? Clear? <laughs> it was a little bit over there. So anyway, Collins is going to put a time code in, and obviously, whatever side of the political fence you sit on, we welcome you. We want you here, 100%. and and we're sorry if we've offended anyone with what we've said. But to me, this is just about you know, equality and decency and hope. And I think there is always hope even in the darkest circumstances. The main thing I liked what you said was that we, if you have the privilege to vote, just use your voice yep. and use it wisely. In person if you can, if it's Correct. safe. Exactly. But obviously there is a pandemic. Correct. Exactly. And be kind to each other, you know what I mean? Because we're not that different really. I think at no. the end of the day, people want the same thing. People want a fair go for everybody. Do you know what I mean? That's what people are looking for. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think most people are If you get any two good. people and you sit them down, no matter how different they are, I think you could definitely find some common ground. And I think people need to remember that, you know, it's yeah. like us. <laughs> We're so different. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Anyway. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know. Cause we're, we're absolutely not experts on this at It's all. just, I don't know. I see the world collapsing. Like, and I see like the, you know, with climate change and, and it's just like, I, I just, I'm, I'm at a loss. Like what, what are we doing? You know what I mean? I know. Because what, what world are we wanting to build for our kids? Yeah. You know? And I, and at the end of the day, I think most people are there, whether or not you have kids or what your circumstances are, we all want a, a bright future, Yeah. you know, for our families and for ourselves. And the people that we have in charge at the moment don't seem to want that for everybody and they're much more about serving themselves. And that's in a lot of places. Yeah, it's not just (laughs) – It's 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 very much here Exactly, and I think the only way to change it is for us and by us I mean every bloody person, not just people sitting in the backyard of their house podcasting, All of us to understand that we do matter and our choices matter and our voices matter. A friend of mine said to me recently something uh, and she was saying it from a really good place. She said, oh, well, who cares what Claire from, you know, Joe Blogs or whatever thinks? It doesn't matter. Chill out, Claire. Relax. It doesn't matter. What you have to say, whether you stress about it or not, is not going to change anything. And for a while I was like, yeah, Claire, step back. You're bloody living in the burbs. Who cares what you say in bloody Melbourne in the middle of Australia, whatevs. And then I turned around and I realised that's what the problem is. That's how you get, that's that's how, how you get here. Yeah. That's how you get here because we all sit or sit and watch Netflix and hope for the best. Yeah. And, you know, I think we we all deserve more than that. 
Yeah. And we can be better and we should be better. I want things to be here try. after I'm dead. You know what I mean? I want this <laughs> to keep going. Yeah. You know, I no. think people need to look beyond. I'm not talking about people listening to this. I'm talking about, <laughs> I'm sure they do. But like, you know, world leaders, you got to realize that you're not, you're not going to be here in 10, 20 years. And mm. we might not be here in 10, 20 years, but people, there are going to be people here, be. hopefully. And you need to prepare yeah. them for that. Yeah, I know because our world is finite. I saw David Attenborough is on Instagram now, and I watched this. You'd be crushing it, mate. He's, yeah, I know. A lot of people are really into David Attenborough as a sexy man. Just a side people side are bar. into David Attenborough. Yeah. He's, he's been famous yeah. for like seventy. No, years. like women in a sexy way. Oh, it's one of those. Yeah, guys, and he, yeah. apparently he's had lots of comments on his Insta like, "Ooh, DM me. I'll slide into your DMs, old Attenborough." He's, and he's probably like, married, Claire. Correct. Anyway. What he did say was, though, you know, when they flew out in that spaceship for the first time to the moon and looked back at Earth and he was, you know, obviously watching that on television for the very first time, people realised that the Earth is finite. We're this beautiful blue orb floating through space and we need to look after it. Yeah, we you do. Because that's it, it's finite and our resources are finite and carbon and fossil fuels and all the things are only going to be around for a little while longer. I remember I did this um, subject when I was teaching grade sixes and we were looking at, you know, the environment and kids were looking at fossil fuels and one of my kids just put up their hand and said, so am I, I think I've read that oil and, you know, fossil fuels will only be around for 50 more years and then that's it. And we all looked at each other and went, huh? Yeah. What? Yeah. But that's the thing. It's finite. Just There's like not David an endless supply. He's 94 years old. It's finite. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to fun things. Fun th- I've got a fun thing. Do you okay, want me to launch into things. a fun thing? Launch into a fun thing. There's a Jurassic World anim- animated show on Netflix. Yes, I love Jurassic World. No, you hate Jurassic World. That's true. I love Jurassic, love Jurassic Park, Park and dinosaurs. I bloody yeah. love dinosaurs. So Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous, and it's by like Spielberg and Trevorrow who, you know, Trevorrow rebooted the series, Spielberg kicked it off. But it's been it's developed by Zach Stentz who worked on such movies as Thor, the original mm-hmm. Thor, which I am a fan of. So it's about six teenagers who win a chance to have kind of a summer camp experience at Jurassic World. And one's like a social media and one's from like a poor neighborhood and one's like a rich kid and one's like a nerd and whatever, you know what I mean? It's all that situation. But it's set parallel with the events of Jurassic World. So with like the Indominus Rex escape and the raptors running about and all those different things that are going on, that's all happening in the background of these kids, these kids' adventure through Jurassic Park. So the, can, the the park is collapsing as they're trying to escape. And what I think is really interesting, interesting about this show is it's it's a kids show, but it's got a bit of that edge that the Jurassic, the good Jurassic movies have. Like there's a sense of danger. You see, like people get eaten and stuff. You don't see it, but you know what I mean. They're, you know, it happens off screen and things like that. It's it does a really good job of kind of bringing in like the dread and also the awe of of dinosaurs. There's a moment where they're like canoeing and then they, they come out of like a pipe and then they're in the big Mosasaurus Whoa. tank. Like and they're just like, oh, shit, like we're in, like this, we're going to get eaten because there's a giant fish monster in here or whatever. So there's like things like that that happen. It's quite, it's like it's really well structured that way. It's not good for like little, little kids. Like I wouldn't show it to our mm. little guy just yet, but if probably like anywhere between like six and you know, 10 for little kids would, would really enjoy it. But I was surprised, like, it was one of the better of the of the Jurassic Park world things that have been made. This is one of my favourite things that they've done. Ooh, I need to watch that. Yeah, it's cool, man. It's really, I mean, it's, again, also it's for kids and whatever and, you know, yeah, it's yeah, that. Yeah, but I'm but, down. I'm down with yeah. that. 
That sounds good. You know mm. how I've read both those books and they're excellent and I love them. Would you – uh, yeah, I was going to say would you read the third one but there isn't one. There's no, one. there's just two. I bloody love them. I love dinosaurs. I often think about how crazy it is that dinosaurs were just here, just walking around. It's very likely that on this very spot where we're potting at some point was a dinosaur. No, my house. Yes. Do you see how they found that, that? That's insane and now they're just not here. They keep Crazy. finding like DNA of like they find like DNA of like a mammoth or something last week or something. Yeah, there was something, something yeah. going on. And they're like, we're gonna bring him back. Yeah. And I'm like, you keep saying you will, but you don't. So you just bring him back. I saw or one don't. of the guys from Flight of the Contours tweeted recently that they found some sperm, like a really old sperm, inside like an insect or tree or something. Gross. Yeah, I know. Crazy. And he's quite – and this is not true, but his quote was just like, some guy was fucking a tree. <laughs> not true because it was an animal sperm. Anyway, well, interesting. It lasts for a long good, time. That could have very well been the case. What are you All doing? All right. Okay. Oh, I've got such a fun one. I've been looking forward to this for ages. I love the comedian Michelle Bateau. She's really, really excellent and she has a Netflix special. Oh, my God. It's called Welcome to Butopia and her book oh. Survival of the Thickest Essays is out in December. Now – First thing I love about this, she comes out in the, the key, like most beautiful gold sequin suit. Fabulous. <laughs> Loved it. Also, her hair is bloody spectacular. Yeah. And she just comes out and it's already a party. Like she's already just like hyped and the audience is hyped and big everyone's energy. happy. Big energy. Big hair. Cool suit. I loved it. <laughs> she's been a comedian for 18 years and she has just hit her to ride in the last year. It is just so awesome to watch. What I find really interesting too is that she started doing like a bachelor's degree um, in journalism and then was like worked behind the scenes as a camera and editor and producer at Fox and later NBC. And then after September 11, she decided she wanted to take on a less stressful job and became a comedian and started performing in New York. Anyway, since like all of that stuff happened, she's hosted a podcast called The Late Night Whatever Podcast that just became one of the best podcasts of 2018, um, so said by Time Magazine. Time Magazine. Yeah, time um, and then she became mate. part of the comedy lineup on Netflix. Have you seen that one where they have up and coming Yeah, yeah, they comedians. do like 20 minutes each or whatever. Yeah, correct, yeah, yeah. exactly. And then last year she starred in some of my all-time fave movies of the last two years. You know how much I love a romantic com? What movies though? Ooh, Someone Great. Which one was that? Did I watch that? Yeah, someone great. Um, or maybe you know you didn't see that one. That's really good. It's set in a workplace and it's like a sexy workplace and so there's a lot of bantering. It's really good. Ooh. Isn't it romantic? Uh, the Rebel Wilson yep, one. Rebel yeah, Rebel Wilson. That one. Yeah. Brilliant. And Always Be My Maybe. Well, I'd always be I my know, maybe. with Ali Wong. Just like It's got so a great Keanu Reeves rap at the end. We Correct, exactly. She also stars in First Wives Club, the, t- the television series. Oh, yeah, the series. new one. You like that, don't you? Yeah, I bloody loved that. That was re- it's like a reimagining of the film, the old film. So... So funny, so great and just like hilarious. And now she also hosts um, The Circle, which is a reality TV show also on Netflix. Anyway, she also just had twins this year to a surrogate. Oh, so my the, God. The comedy special, you know, it has some kind of old tropes. It walks along the lines of like parenthood and makes a lot of fun of her husband who's Dutch, whose name is like Hoss or something. Very funny. Stupid um, shoes loser. Yeah, <laughs> she just has some really funny – what I – okay – One of the things I love the most about it, one being that it's just full of joy, Mm -hmm. the other being that she doesn't do that thing that comedians have done and Hannah Gadsby talked about in her special where she just kind of puts herself down. Yeah, right. What she does is kind of the opposite. She just like 
her comedy is a lot about just celebrating herself. Yeah. She's just really voluptuous woman. And she also has this bit that I really related to because I have really broad shoulders and I've got really skinny little ankles. And she is the same. And she just calls herself like um like an ice cream cone. And she's like, mm, delicious. And I was like, yeah, I am like an ice cream cone. I'm delicious. It was just really joyful and fun. It's just great seeing a woman who looks like a real woman that's really funny mm. and sexy. And she has some really funny stuff to say about the fact that she's now working with J-Lo on a film. Oh, cool. And, she was, and her and J-Lo had the same birthday. She's a massive fan of J-Lo, but she had to pretend the whole time that she didn't know anything about J-Lo or that <laughs> she knew J-Lo's birthday was hers as well. But she kind of leads the discussion into it. Uh, very funny. The last thing I will say, um, she's in her 40s as well. Okay. She looks so bloody young. <laughs> loved it. She loved And she points that out. Fabulous. The last thing she says, which I really related to hard at the moment, is she said it's so funny. She never understood why parents would always be like, my child is eight months and four days or like 19 months and three weeks and two hours or whatever. And then she said she realised now she's a parent why that is. It's because the last time they slept was exactly those many nights ago. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's not, yeah. So the way people say it is, how old's your baby? And they're like, six months and two days. And you're like, (laughs) yeah. It's because that's how long ago I had a good night's bloody sleep. Anyway, so I recommend that. Cool. Okay. Welcome how much, how much time we got? Have we got time for another Yeah, reco? why not? Sure, why not? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I know you love me talking video games. And there's a documentary based... I have to give the people what they want. on the book of the same name called Console Wars. It's everybody's jam. I got so many emails about your bloody Mario obsession. Blake J. Harrison, Jonah Tullis, uh, put it together. And it's essentially an hour and a half... A Tullis, huh? Essentially about uh, in the 90s, I don't know if you remember, but there was the Sega and Nintendo rivalry. So Nintendo were leading the market like big time, 100% all the time. Big right? time. And Sega were like one of the minor players at that point. You know, they had their master systems and whatever. Yeah, the only thing I remember is like I liked Nintendo We had one and Sega always seemed a bit dodge, like oh, just a little bit really? shit. Don't really know why, just had it in I my head. I didn't feel that way at all. So basically they came along and they got this new marketing guy to run like the the American side of it. So he bought in this like edgy, cool campaign and made a build these games around like celebrities and sports stars and things like that. And they bring in like a cool, faster mascot with Sonic the Hedgehog. So it's making like Nintendo look archaic. And then when they get to make Mortal Kombat, Nintendo make their, so instead of blood, they use like sweat or like green kind of paint coming off the characters and Sega were like, we're doing full blood and decapitation <laughs> and, and all of those things. So it, and they ended up taking a massive chunk out of it and they were one-to-one at some at one point. So it was it's, it's a really interesting kind of like like knockdown drag out brawl between these two huge companies until like the you know the next generation where Sega fell down big time and, and Nintendo um 
Do they fall off something? Well, they they basically they've never recovered. They've never been anywhere near the height that they were then. And then the next generation was PlayStation One. They sold like a hundred million PlayStations or whatever. But there was this period in time when I was a kid. I remember when that was like the talk. It's like which one is better? And it's like <laughs> Sega was like the street one, but Nintendo maybe had better games, but maybe it didn't. You know what I mean? Depending and whatever. Yeah. Now looking back, I would say if I had to choose, I would say Nintendo probably had the better games at this point because <sighs> I think Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, it's built for speed, but it's not a great platformer in terms of like precision. Do you know what I mean? I feel like there's playing through you the mean Mario platform games. Or no, platform? I don't mean that. I feel with the Mario games in particular, they're so like well put together, and they don't they don't feel like when you get hit, it feels cheap. It feels like ah, oh, I made a mistake here. Do you know what I mean? That's what I yeah. think anyway. I would. But say- they're both wonderful. Streets of Rage. What a game. Good game. Sonic 2, good game. It plays Tales. Streets of Rage. That sounds like what happens when I get my period. Oh, my God. <laughs> Gross. But I put that in there for you. It was ruthless. Anyway, was but ruthless. also I want to point out that there's a show on Netflix called High Score, which I talked about a few weeks back, which Indeed. I think is doesn't touch a little bit, bit, bit of this, but I think that's better than this because ah, okay. they, they go because it's longer, they can go more places and tell more interesting stories. Excellent. But it was still good. I still liked it. All right. Have a serious question for you about this. I love questions. On a scale of one to ten, how bad do you think the haircut is that I gave us today? Oh, Oh, I wish your scale went higher. I mean, that ten being the the worst. (laughs) So what happened, guys? Is we were about to drop him off at his nan and bars, yeah, and he's hadn't had a haircut in like ten months because hairdressers have been shut for like most of the year, and I missed that little window when they were open for a tiny bit. And so I just got sick of looking at you as well because James's hair was also terrible and I just decided I'd get the clippers, like James's beard trimmer out and I asked him and he's like, yeah, yeah, grab it upstairs. Put the, I said put the <laughs> guard on it bed. and I thought you were just going to trim the back. <laughs> I, didn't, I thought the guard was like a cap. No. So I didn't put the guard on and I just sat him in front of Paw Patrol and I just went, okay, it's time. We've got to go out the door. I'll just quickly do this. I've never cut anyone's hair. It's not something you can quickly do. And she took it, lowest settings, like the lowest settings you can put something, put something on, like to the bone and just ran it up the back of his head. And because his hair is so thick, he has beautiful hair. Oh, no, uh, that looks so sad. It was like you dug a trench into his head. And I'm just, I came, you're like, uh, James, and I came out and I'm just like, what the fuck have you done? I've never seen you <laughs> was, so mad at it me. It was so you bad. You were so mad. You kept walking back and forth going, what the fuck, what the fuck? We have to go to kidnap. son is just sitting there on the chair. He has to go to kidnap. Next week. Oh, my God. And you were just like, you had those crazy eyes where you were really I'm like, like I can't, looking at like, me like, who have am to I shave, married? I'm like, do we have to shave his head? He looks horrible. Like, we can't. Why did you do this? Like. But anyway, I fixed it. You really did. I fixed it. I went to his grandparents. They have a, like a home set of hair clippers and I like gave him a bit of a fade and I evened it out and it's not perfect. No, but I, I mean, fixed he's still it. got a few holes he's got in a few the holes in his head. where it's bald. Only lasts a week. That'll grow out in a week. All but right. yeah, so and then, okay. and then off the back of that, I'm like, I gotta cut my fucking hair. Yeah, so and you did a great short, cut yeah. on your head. So in the end, it all worked out. You cut the lawn. You cut your own hair. Yeah. You fixed Feels your good, son's man, hair. Having I'm, short hair. Yeah. I know. Love I've been it. bloody telling you. You were worried you were going bald. Oh, it was because it was so long and thin. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I've been 
been telling you, you need to listen Who's to me. Who's straight? But I've now, been telling look you how thick so and luxurious this is and grey. <laughs> but uh, yeah, get a haircut, man. If you can't, do it yourself. Yeah, cut, cut, cut the grass. I'll cut, cut your, your hair. hair. Me, let me come around here. I'll See, cut your hair. So I feel Claire like will start your haircut. And I'll finish it. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> I think because you had flashbacks to all the terrible times yeah. you had your hair cut, cut as a when kid. I was a kid yeah. We worked that out later. There was a <laughs> lot of anger. It was so much anger directed at me that I just felt sick in my I stomach. I wasn't yelling. I felt, no, I you weren't. <laughs> but I, I know you. You don't get angry very often. And there was just this energy coming off you, like I had just murdered somebody. Like it was like if I'd murdered a kid, like our family cat, and you'd looked at it and just were like, "What the fuck have you done?" <laughs> I sat there on the couch after you left with our baby just like looking at her being like, I'm a terrible parent. I'm well, the I'm worst like, person. Well, I'm there like bloody Picasso, like <laughs> working my way around his head trying to fix it up. Well, I think in the end successfully I planned this so that you would cut your own you hair as it, well and yeah. also finish cutting his hair because I didn't know how to do it. So really we should all be thanking. Yeah, you did, wow. a great, you did a great job, Claire. Correct, exactly. Okay, can I just quickly recommend one more? Whatever, man. All right, okay. Other than the gold suit that Michelle Bateau was, oh, spot on. I want to very briefly talk about this show we're watching at the moment called The Split. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and look, it's not a particularly cheerful subject matter. It's a BBC, a BBC, BBC. A BBC, um, a BBC show um, about divorce lawyers, basically. Mm. Um, Divorce Lois. Divorce Lois. <laughs> now, it's created by Abby Morgan. Abby Morgan, Jane Eden, Louise Ironside wrote it. It's directed by Jessica Hobbs and it's starring Nicola Walker, who's from Spooks, if you remember that. I do remember um, Spooks. Stephen Mangan, Fiona Button, Annabelle Shawley, Barry Asma, and Deborah Finlay are all in it. Interestingly, the composer is Isabel Wallerbridge, who is related, the sister of yeah. one of my favourite girl crushes Waller of all Bolivia time. Bridge, yeah. yeah, Phoebe Wallerbridge, who um, created Fleabag. And Isabel also did the score for Fleabag as well, which I didn't realise. Um, the score in this is bloody fantastic. Like I thought it was good before I realised that it was her that had created yes. it. It's just a really great score. Absolutely. Um, what I love about it to my very bones and I was so not surprised when I figured out it was all directed by women, written by women, created by women, scored by women, because the dialogue, there's three sisters and a mother who are kind of the core family, the Defoes, and then it kind of tracks their lives and um, kind of the ins and outs of being a divorce lawyer while also the main character is kind of navigating in a, you know, an affair and a few things. What the joy is, though, the conversation between the women is so familiar, funny, great, heartfelt. Feels real, feels, man. Well, it just it's so wonderful to see characters that are women that are so complex and can be hilarious and they, they traverse that wonderful thing that I love with my female friends in that you can in one breath be talking about the most serious thing that's ever happened to you, a miscarriage, um, the breakdown of your marriage, and then the next second be laughing about something that happened in the past or your boyfriend's ridiculous haircut or, what? you know, or, or making fun of each other, but you're still fiercely there for your friends. And it just, oh, it just, I just lifts my spirit. Plus the mother in it is just fantastic. She's sort of this um, woman who's been a lawyer, you know, in her 
I'd say 60s now with three grown up daughters, raised them as a single mother, as a lawyer as well herself. And it's just kind of kick ass and completely herself, sexy and kind of very intellectual, but like a force to be reckoned with, a little bit frightening. She's just great mm. and witty. And also, the main reason I'm watching it, as always, is why I watch like BBC shows. London just looks beautiful. I in love it. London, man. And the tailoring is excellent. All the clothes in it are so. That's what you said to me. You're like, this show's good. You can tell because you're like, I love a crisp suit on a woman. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, that's the whole reason I loved the fall with um, X Files. Gillian Anderson for sure. her white shirts. My God, there's been like whole things, reams of things written about her shirts in that show. I bloody love an escapism escapade of a television show with excellent tailoring and incredible clothes and shoes and the suits and the hair, everything about it. It's just great. Also, they have like these incredible houses. Um, And also because I've never been in that corporate world, I sometimes have fantasies that I could, you know, wear heels and a crisp suit and walk around sort of staring moodily at people and then demanding the, the... the Alistair file right now. Why isn't it on my desk? I'll What's be there the, in five minutes, Jordan. And people are like, we've got a Google Drive for that, Claire. Can you not? We're not <laughs> yeah, printing. We're, we're a paperless not. company. I'm mainly in it for the high-waisted skirts, the heels and the excellent uh, jackets. I can understand that. And well, a you nice can, You can get those regardless. Shirt. And you can sit out here and we can podcast in your crisp white shirt and your jacket. I'm currently wearing the same overalls I've been wearing for like six months and a jumper. Yeah, but they're cool. You look like you're waiting for Postman Pat to deliver you something. (laughs) All right, here we go. That's so mean. Thanks. It's a great show. Um, Look, if you want to review the show, probably not after this episode. (laughs) We'll get some reviews, don't you worry. But uh, we do appreciate it. It really helps out. Um, Like from Killer Gowski says, no bloody snitches. This pot is an absolute delight. Claire is a ray of sunshine and a great counterbalance to the old boot known as James. Yeah. Big fan of all the pods from the Weekly Planet. Uh, Really been enjoying all the big sandwich perks. Hope all is well with you. Uh, Beautiful souls. And Nick Mason too, I guess. Thanks all the pods for keeping me sane during this never-ending turmoil. That is life. Be safe out there. And, of course, no snitches. Oh, yeah, this does go (laughs) ad-free and early up on um, bigsandwich.co. Correct. I don't know if people know that, but it does. It does. Along with a bunch of other stuff that goes up there as well. What do you got in terms of letters this week, Clegg? Okay, so I have one from a man with an excellent name. Here we go. His name is Herbert Covington. That's a great name. I don't even know if that's actually his name. That sounds like somebody who uh, lives next to uh, you while you're waiting (laughs) for Postman Pat to deliver you. Postman Pat and his black and white cat that I murdered. (laughs) What the fuck? Remember? I said that you came at me today like I murdered a cat. Oh, yes, that's true. I the family cat, I thought the you black like, and white family cat. I thought you like cat. murdered a cat and I didn't realise. Yeah. All right, so this is from Herbert Covington. Hello, Herbert Covington. <laughs> His email address is great too. Anyway, howdy, Claire and James. I know you're still stuck in level 3000 lockdown. You are yeah. correct, sir. So I figured I'd give you a killer book recommendation to push through. It's called Kabu Kabu, a collection of short stories written by one of the best authors of our decade, Nnedi Okorafor. Nnedi is a master of weaving African culture with science fiction. Whoa, like Black Panther. Yes, she's written some of my favourite Black Panther stories. Afrofuturism, I think, is the term. Maybe. Anyway, sorry, go on. That is so cool. And you can see that in all the stories in this collection. The book's opening short story, The Magical Negro, is particularly effective. It's short and sweet, could be read while you wait for your coffee to cool off, but despite its short I don't drink coffee. 
Yeah, well, wait while you warm up your kombucha. That's probably like your fifth kombucha for the day. I'm really worried about your gut bacteria. Anyway. Yeah, well, enjoy your 40 coffees, Claire. Don't even worry about it, I have two a day. Mate. I have two a day. Well, I have two of I these. I need to have two five. goddamn coffees to put up with living with you full time in this house. Well, I need to put my head in a bucket of rusty nails to put up with you <laughs> in this house. That's my well, coffee good. in the morning. Good, good, because you cut your hair so it won't get stuck in all the rusty nails now. What are we doing? I don't know. Keep... Let me finish poor Herbert's email. Thanks, Herbert. Like... But despite its short length, the story stuck with me like glue for months to come. That's all I'll say. If you like creepy science fiction and masterful storytelling, give it a read. Herbert Covington, I salute you. What an excellent email. Thank you very much. Great stuff. Great stuff. That We've sounds been like something I would be yeah. I know, me too. I'm totally going to read that. We've been suggestible pod. Stay safe, be kind. Yeah. Um, and, oh, side note, I haven't read it yet. I'm going to review it later. But if you loved my recommendation for The Dry by Jane Harper, no. which many people have told like me they did, she has a new book that's just come out, The Survivors. Ooh, so good. I'm really excited to start it. So just letting you know. So you don't know it's so good. I already know because she's brilliant and it's all the reviews have been great. Mm, okay. I love her writing. I'm so excited to jump in. Difficult so second I'm just album, letting people though, know that it's out. Book, which I don't think no, it is. it's not. It's their fourth. Oh, then that's Get even with the worse. bloody program, Can you, you name dude? a band that their fourth album is the best album? Nah. <laughs> okay. This isn't a book. This is not a band. It's a. It's a. It's an author. Are these your glasses? Yes. You've picked up. My, that's where my glasses are. I found them upstairs. Oh, guys, if you've been following along, this this is a real waffler of a pod. But I will say, you know how someone, namely you, sat on my glasses and broke the frame? You literally sat on them. <laughs> it was you. Anyway, I've solved it. I've clocked you life. With your ice cream cone adult. body came stomping in. <laughs> no, I'm delicious, mate. So well, if I was an ice cream cone, what flavour would I be? Plain. <laughs> you wouldn't even be a cone. You'd be one of those paper cups. <laughs> no, you're forgetting the whole analogy is... Skinny at the bottom, okay. wide at the top. Well, you'd be a waffle cone because of all bloody this, mate. <laughs> I'm doing the yap, yap, yap uh, signal with my hand. <laughs> yeah. What would I be, boysenberry? Because <laughs> of my poisonous statements? <laughs> no, you would be chocolate chip. Okay. <laughs> Nobody's favourite. People like chocolate chip. Nah. It's not a go-to like chocolate though, chip. It? It's like white with chocolate bits in it. You want like double choc fudge or something if you're going to go chocolate. Mm. Nobody wants chocolate chip. Nobody does want chocolate chip. No, exactly, and they don't want you. No, oh. that's not true. I want you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. You, look, you upset yourself as you said that. <laughs> I really that. did. We're being kind. I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah, be anyway, kind. Anyway, I uh. just wanted to tell everyone nobody cares. I now have two pairs of glasses. It took the six weeks for them to arrive because we're living in the overtimes yeah, with the overlords and they can't get my glasses. So I was literally watching television with glasses with only one arm for like a month, six weeks, and then I lost that you pair. Lost and then I saw I literally couldn't watch television. Yeah. <laughs> I had to wear my contacts but they make my eyes hurt. And I don't know if people know this about me but I have perfect vision. Mm. I've got goes. a lot of physical faults, don't get me wrong. You got, I was going to say, I'll list them. <laughs> Grey hair, yep. pointy ears, yep. slightly misshapen eyeballs. Weird forehead. <laughs> yeah, it's like a shelf. It is like a shelf. Frog legs. Uh, yeah, my teeth are a bit crooked at the bottom. No, they're not. I've got short arms like a T-Rex. <laughs> got skinny little knees. You could, you? <laughs> could taller, <laughs> I could be taller. I could be taller. I could be taller. 
My chest is too hairy. No. Uh, what else? I like all those qualities. <laughs> I love you despite them all. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. All right. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. I'm off to watch some television I'm with my glasses on. lie down on my face. All right. All right I've been James. He's been Claire. And we've been Stressful Pod. Yep. So long. So long. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.